You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. What's going on, everybody? Sean Davis, Warner Sanker here for the Sports Headline Show. We are bringing you the next installment in our preseason power ranking. We look at the rosters and break them down team by team. Today's episode will be the 28th best team from the glass half field, and it is the Carolina Panthers. Make sure you go, guys, um, catch up with the rest of the episodes. Um, they are posted on YouTube and all of our podcasting platforms. Um, also, be sure to give us a quick follow on Twitter at Sports Headline 8. But with that being said, the Carolina Panthers are going to come into 28th. DJ Moore is a dog, but he's not going to be able to make up it for their QB weaknesses. But first, notable additions and departures are losing Joe Brady which we thought was a bad move, um, losing Cam Newton, um, few alignment, and a significant part to their defensive line with two edge rushers and a D lineman for them. Um, they also lose A.J. Boye and Stephon Gilmore. Uh, Gilmore, they traded a six-round pick for last season. He does not stick around in free agency, but they bring in Ben McAdoo, right. Baker Mayfield, uh, Austin Corbett, I believe, um, Ben yes. Bozeman, Matt Ioannidis, Damian Wilson, Xavier Woods, and, of course, Johnny Heckard because, Sean, they're going to be punting a lot. Um, I do love the Icky Ekwonu <laughs> pick at number six and the uh, Matt Corral pick in the third round, though, uh, if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I like, for the most part, I like what they did with this offseason. Um, I, I think the biggest problem, which what – we kind of seen happen last season is again, Joe Brady getting fired, honestly was a massive mistake in our opinion. And the fact that he went to Buffalo to be the freaking quarterbacks coach is insane. Um, just bolstering their coaching staff. And I mean, I, I thought Joe Brady was a fine coordinator. I think he could have really done some creative things with Baker Mayfield, but now you have freaking Ben McAdoo. But um, in total, I like what they did for the most part this offseason. Lucy, A.J. Bouye, and Sapphire Gilmore, I think it'll hurt, but it won't hurt as bad. And we'll talk about that when we get to the secondary room, especially if a couple players have breakout seasons. Um, losing us on Reddick, I think, will hurt them a little bit, actually, because, I mean, with a guy like Brian Burns, who Warner's a little bit lower on, um, who doesn't get as I just many think pressures. He's tremendously overrated um, by the common means. Doesn't get enough pressures. And not even saying Hassan Reddick gets a bunch of pressures, but he gets a bunch of sacks, which I does think help and uh, would have helped out with a guy like a Brian Burns. Um, but I, I do look, you look at these additions. I think that most of these additions are actually really, really good additions, not named Ben McAdoo. Baker Mayfield, at the very least, raises the floor of this team. Um, and I think they're going to be in a lot more games this season because Baker Mayfield is the quarterback. And we'll talk more about Baker in just a moment. Um, I do like what they've done with the offensive line for the most part. I think Austin Corbett was an underrated piece of that Rams championship offensive line. Bradley Bozeman's an okay center. And then you go get Icky in the draft with the six overall pick, properly using your draft picks, which is really, really important. Um, Matt and Itis, I like that signing as well. Xavier Woods bolstering up that secondary, which we already thought was pretty good in the first place. And then, of course, Johnny Hecker, because you're going to be punting a lot because your doofus coordinator is Ben McAdoo. Um, preview to a Giants episode we have the when they show up, we'll have a guest for that episode. He could talk to you guys all about how stupid Ben McAdoo is. Um, 
But let's move on. Let's start talking about the coaching scheme here. Oh, brother. They rank dead last. And we talked about this in the last episode with the Atlanta Falcons, where if you have a quality coordinator, you have a quality coordinator that raises your floor and your ceiling of your offense, your grade is going, your team's grade is going to be higher. For example, I know a lot of people are wondering where the Chicago Bears are. They're a little higher because we have a little bit more trust in their coaching. Yes, the rosters are important, but you need to have quality coaching. Like, for example, if you had to just give a rough guess without spoiling anything, well, just give me one of the best rosters in football on paper. Oh, on paper? That's easy. The Bucks for the third year running. Okay. The Bucks. The Bucks, without this shouldn't even be a spoiler. They're top five in our rankings, right? Give them this at least offensive coaching staff, I doubt they're top five. They may be, they may, they might be top 10 because that roster is just be insane. Top 10 because they're that loaded. They'll yet. be top 10. But I think our outlook on them in terms of Super Bowl contenders would not be the same because coaching is so, so important in the that National Football That would be really football. interesting, though, to see Tom Brady try to operate with Ben McAdoo. I think he just take <laughs> over the ben offense. Ben McAdoo. And then we'll just put Tom Brady. Yeah, he would just take over the offense. Brady, Brady might as well be the play caller, if we're being honest with you. So they're going to rank 28th for overall offense. But me and Warner were joking off camera. Give them a, an average, if they had an average offensive coordinator or just ge- coaching and scheme rank, they would be in the high teens, low 20s for offense, which means they would be bumped up like four or five slots in the overall power rankings list because they had competent coaching. Ben McAdoo is just not it. Matt Rule, he just hasn't shown anything. I thought he had a promising year one and then he went the typical case of one step forward 10 steps back with I mean, what he's supposed happened to be last this, he's supposed to be this coaching and culture guy but he really hasn't shown strides in coaching and culture either which i think really where we knock him <clears throat> because he he's never claimed to be and we've never presented him as a guy who's gonna you know scheme up genius defenses or you know disguise right. a pass rush or really um get guys like dj moore and Curtis Samuel, when they had him open over the middle of the field, that was more of the Joe Brady department. But um, with his kind of lack of productivity when it comes to um, the culture of this team and really building them up, um, and then the signing of Ben McAdoo, it's just, I mean, wh- what's the direction here? Um, it really, there really doesn't seem to be. There isn't any. There isn't any. My Anthony Davis jersey is very disappointed in. Like, are you telling me, Matt, this is the best Matt Rule could have done? I think that was legit our first reaction to this, to when they hired Ben McAdoo. Was this really the best Matt Rule could do? Or is he just not the brightest person in the world? Um, because if this is the best Matt Rule could have done, what does that tell you about the relationships he has around the NFL? Or, yeah. how, or how much teams like, or how much uh, coaches like the destination of Carolina, like the pieces they had. Grant, this was how much Peter's like field. Like, let's not let's not slouch. How how much his peers think of him and what he's doing with the roster and the direction of the team? Because yeah. it's not like college where a head coach is this much over the rest of the staff. Um, it, it's a it comes to a point where you know these guys have been in the league for X amount of years, and you know they have a certain uh, opinion on how the game should be played, on what works, what doesn't work. And uh, if they think you're absolutely blowing it, they're not going to want to join Chip, especially with you outranking them as head coach. Exactly. Now let's move on to this quarterback room here. I, I did touch on this a little bit. Baker Mayfield, 
you make the move to go get Baker, uh, which honestly, I don't, I wasn't really sure if it was going to happen. I thought Seattle was more the likely destination, but you go get Baker. Before we talk about Baker, let's talk about Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, PJ Walker. I did like the Matt Corral pickup, honestly. Yes. I think he was personally, I know me and Warner kind of disagree on this, but I think personally, him and Ritter were the two most day one ready. While they might have the highest upside out of everybody in the class, I, I thought they were the most day. We yeah, agree, we I agree that most, Malik Willis had the highest upside, right? We we agree Malik Willis had the highest oh. upside, but I personally think Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter had the were the most day one ready. No, so I do I like that. I don't like how we just said a had. I think you know they haven't even played a snap in the NFL. They're just now starting training camp. We probably shouldn't use the past tense there, but um, Fair I think enough. you're leaving out Kenny Pickett. Um, I think he was the most day one ready. Ritter too, but. I said Ritter. I said Corral Ritter. I know, I know. I just but, replace Pickett with or replace Corral with Pickett, and then we can agree. But, or just um, throw yeah. Pickett in there, and those are your three most <laughs> quick QB ready. But um, uh, anyway, um, I mean, is it a positive they have some nice, nice QB depth here? Is that is that a positive? I mean, um, Sam Darnold. The I think the the good the thing about Sam Darnold, in my opinion, is that. Man, we were so pumped after those first three weeks. Like, oh man, this is a new Sam Darnold. Yeah. Joe Brady it's the Adam has figured effect. it out. He's going to be a serviceable QB like Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> and oh, it, it started to go downhill. It just went totally downhill. Uh, I believe he was battling some injuries and stuff too, so I, that definitely did not help his case I mean, last season. Also, Christian McCaffrey went out, and then Mr. Christian McCaffrey uh, played Mr. seven Matt games. What, didn't, I don't know if this was proven or if this was just a rumor, but didn't Matt Rule want to run the ball 30-plus times a game, and that's kind of why yeah. Joe Brady's no longer on the staff? I mean, That's the reason why Joe Brady's not on the staff. That's just ridiculous. Matt Rule, and, that, and is, here, here, that is – go ahead. As a, as a point to, um, to the quarterback room, what we're looking at here is Baker Mayfield. What's, the, what's his flaw? Well, he doesn't have the strongest arm, but also what's his flaw? Last year, he couldn't dissect a defense. He was just throwing the ball all over the place. Sam Darnold, what's his You're flaw? Awesome. Can't dissect a defense. Matt Corral, what was his main flaw? Can't dissect a defense. Going through your reads. P.J. Walker, going through your reads. Can't dissect it, It's a common theme, and I'm kind of worried that that will affect Matt Corral, and he won't be able to blossom, especially with Mr. McAdoo and um, not Joe Brady in there as, as offensive oh. coordinator. It's really going to fall on to Sean Ryan as the quarterback's coach. Uh, to to make a difference in that room, I will say this: I think you're slightly underrating Baker's arm. It's an NFL it's, arm. It's yeah, not it's, like it's not like he's got forty year old Noodle Drew Brees's arm. But he has an underrated it's arm. It's not like a it's not like a top. It's not Josh. It's not it's not top ten. He's like in that. If there's tier, we'll, we'll have to break this. That's topic for another day. But you get Baker making. Okay, cool. Ranking quarterback yeah, for a different right. video. Yeah. But Baker oh, maybe fun, dude. Route, route running for receivers, speed for receivers. Oh, that would be that would, that's that's fun. That's a little segment we could do. A little behind the scenes look for you, but go ahead. Baker Mayfield, he raises the floor and raises the ceiling. And as much as people like to dog on Baker for last season, last year was bad. I will be the first to admit that. Very bad. As, I guess the Baker fan out of the group. Um last year was bad. But let's not forget that a little bit before that, Baker Mayfield for about 12 weeks, the end of the regular season and for the playoffs, with Rashard Higgins and Dominus Peoples-Jones as his main receiving weapons, was a borderline top-10 quarterback. 
and went into Kansas City and probably should have been the Chiefs so they could stop freaking Chad Hetty from running for Chad 14 Hedy yards. Magic, baby. Yeah, no, like, I mean, seriously. He was slated to become a top 10 quarterback that next season. Um, exactly. But last on, season, you know, every maintain and improve a little bit in a little bit mm-hmm. away. I mean, but everything went wrong. First off, the injury, he crashed and burned last season. The injuries really just started to pile up. Week three, I think, against the Texans, he severely bangs up his shoulder that derails him all year long. Um, he, at somewhere in there, he messed up his foot pretty bad, too, I believe. But some of the stuff is still there. Some of the reasons why we thought Baker Mayfield could prove he was a top 10 quarterback is still there. I still think he ha- he is a quarterback that you would want to play for. He has an NFL arm who can, if he has the time, be able to go through his reads. It was not really shown at the best abilities last season. But I also think last season, if, if you really look at it, last season, I think part of it, and I'm not excusing Baker. I don't think Kevin Stefanski had his better year. We ranked Kevin Stefanski one of the top five of coordinators going to last dropped. year. We thought, he dropped in our ranking. He definitely dropped. Um. And then the the Odell thing, Jarvis Landry took a massive step back. So now instead of going eight to ten weeks with uh, Rashard Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones, you're going pretty much a whole season because when Jarvis Landry wasn't out due to injury, he was in the lineup taking a massive step back because he had to be the number one off, uh, option in an offense. And this is my last thing, last thing I'm going to say because I don't want to keep ranting about Baker Mayfield. But I will never forget this game. I forget what week it was, but it was at Baltimore, Sunday Night Football. Lamar Jackson absolutely crapped the bed. But the reason why the Ravens won that football game is because legit, nobody on the Browns could separate. Legit, I'm not exaggerating. Go watch the film. The Browns did not have a single receiver that could separate. And this was still like a moderately healthy. 20 minutes on that week's episode. That it literally that power ranking power episode ranking it was, but that was who just we just talked about it for like 15 minutes. Like that was healthy Raven second or moderately healthy Raven secondary as well. Marlon Humphrey was still there. I think Peters was there. I forget or not, maybe or not. But legit, nobody could separate. Um, so you're putting him in a situation with better weapons and stuff like that. I do think we could get back to. I think it'll be closer to top 12 than he was last season. If that makes sense, but. There's my rant on Baker Mayfield. They're ranked 20th in the quarterback room just as of right now. Let's move on finally to this running back room that is going to rank 8th and grade out 8.80. Christian McCaffrey is still a premier back in the NFL. The problem is going to stay healthy, healthy. man. Got to stay healthy. Has to stay healthy. Chuba Chuba Hubbard, I actually thought if he – and we've talked about this last season. If he had declared a year early, he's a borderline first-round pick. Um, so him staying an extra year really, really cost him a lot of money. But selfishly, if you're a Panthers fan, it helps you out a whole bunch. I thought he looked really, really good last season, filling in for Christian McCaffrey behind a porous offensive line, which they made an effort to improve upon. But we've seen across the NFL, it doesn't take one offseason to fix an, an offensive line unless you have a bunch of cap space. Look at the Chargers, like what they did. And one, they kind of fixed their offensive line in one offseason. Now they like put the finishing touches on it this offseason next offseason hopefully but that's just an example but christian mccaffrey went healthy man he is still a bad dude um they, they rank eighth because we do grade the entire running back room as a whole and you, you do have to factor factor in the injury concerns with christian mccaffrey yeah. 
But I really like Chuba Hubbard as a backup. Um, he stepped in mm-hmm. and did a pretty decent job. Now, running back is that position where you can come in year one and make a huge impact and be top five in the league. Just look at Ezekiel Elliott. But um, Chuba Hubbard, I mean, he was a he was a fine runner of the football. He he got 122 carry or 172 carries, averaged three mm-hmm. and uh, just over three and a half yards per carry. Did not fumble the ball except for once against Atlanta. Um, and and in the receiving game, he wasn't too shabby either, getting seven yards a catch um, and picking up an extra 175 through the air. So I think if he can keep improving and learning their their uh, kind of blocking scheme, assuming it doesn't change too much um, with with McAdoo in there, um, he he was a pretty pretty solid rusher, um, especially when it came to kind of the right side of the line, running those strong, strong type plays. Um, and, and you know, if he can keep improving, it almost doesn't matter if Christian McCaffrey goes down. And I hate to say that because he's so talented um, and, and quick and fast and versatile and dynamic, whatever you want to say that compliments a running back. Um, but Chuba Hubbard, if he can keep, uh, if he can keep getting better, he's a great relief option to McCaffrey. So you can lower his snap count and keep him healthy. Or if right. he does go down, Knockwood Panthers fans, Hubbard can step in and and hopefully make that that second step where he's averaging four, four and a half, maybe even five yards a carry. Yeah, and again, I do think they made improvements with this offensive line so that if Chuba Hubbard does have to step in for significant snaps, snaps yeah, he could uh, look a little bit better than he did last season. I thought he was fine last season. But let's move on to this receiving room here that's going to rank 24th. But again, I do think there. First off, there's just a bunch of really high-level receiving rooms in the NFL. Um, but DJ Moore is a stud. I, I think we can agree, Warner. He is a number one. Yeah. Robbie Anderson, do your take the top off a of defense guy. Terrence Marshall likely going to play a lot from the slot next season. Rashard Higgins. It would have surprised me if at some point Rashard Higgins maybe even takes Terrence Marshall's spot because of the chemistry he does have with Baker Mayfield, and especially if mm-hmm. Baker like starts performing well or whatever. I, I don't and wouldn't also, be surprised to see that. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you're good. No, I was just going to add on. Um, so I, I do like that. Uh, obviously, Christian McCaffrey is going to factor in. And Chuba Hubbard was a terrible uh, as a pass catcher as well. But, man, first off, the I think the biggest reason why they're 24 fears, DJ Moore is good. He's a lower-end number one, but number one nonetheless. But the receivers, Robbie, Robbie is just cool. But, I mean – He's just not good enough, honestly, to be a number two receiver and your legit number two receiver in an offense. I can't say the same. I can't say Terrence Marshall is yet either. Neither is Rashard Higgins. I think we've seen that. And then your tight ends, like you can make a legitimate argument. Tommy Tremble might be the starting tight end at, at one point, some point next season, because um, Ian Thomas just isn't it. Um, so, yeah, this receiving room, we sound a little bit more down on them, but. I, I do like some of the guys that got, obviously, CMC, can he stay healthy? DJ Moore, can he take another step after a great year he's had these past couple of seasons? Um, so, yeah, but what are, what are your overall thoughts about this receiving room from, from the Panthers? You know, I, I, again, as you said, love DJ Moore, love Robbie Anderson, love that one-two punch of DJ Moore. Can really do it all, but uh, really excels at, um, you know, physically attacking the ball at the catch point and then – running after the catch and being a physical runner after the catch. Um, Robbie Anderson being your take off the take top off the defense, deep threat. 
Um, and then I like what you said about about Terrace Marshall and Richard Higgins kind of duking it out for that three spot. I wouldn't mind putting Marshall out wide and putting DJ Moore on the slot uh, to get him the ball faster and more over the middle. Uh, Ian Thomas, I might be higher than him, uh, higher on him than you are, but I definitely do think that there's going to be a battle. He has not, he has not earned a spot. He has not locked down that tight end spot. There's going to be a battle between him and Tommy Trimble. And then uh, Chris McCaffrey is leaps and bounds better. Uh, all the positive things I said about Chuba Hubbard, Christian McCaffrey is could be uh, is either the number one or the number two receiving back in the NFL behind Alvin Kamara and probably just ahead of Aaron Jones. If yeah, I think just ahead of Aaron Jones off the top of my head. Um, he's that special as a receiver. The run after catch ability you have with this group, especially with DJ Moore and C Mac, if he's healthy is just off the charts, and that's where a guy like Baker Mayfield can really thrive because you can get those guys the ball quickly, reduce the amount of reads he has to take, and then kind of extend it, extend it, and find guys like Robbie Anderson down the field as the season progresses, as Baker Mayfield gets more comfortable in the offense uh, run by, again, Ben McAdoo. Ben, ben McAdoo. Oh, yeah. All right, let's move on to the somewhat new and improved offensive line for this Carolina Panthers squad. It's going to rank 28th, new and improved, right? Yeah, you're not dead last anymore. You're 28th in the NFL. Uh, Ike Kanwu, uh, that's that all right? Just about. Just about. Um, as a rookie, I think he'll be better as a run blocker than he will be as a pass protector, but I do think he is a clear upgrade uh, over your tackles cam irving is not good at football to put it very bluntly with you but he is unfortunately probably your your next tackling rotation if an injury were to occur uh michael jordan in terms of interior off- offensive line depth <laughs> is arguably the worst offensive lineman in the entire nfl and he was starting for them last season r.i.p yeah. sam donald's knees he's the reason why joe burrow uh had that suffered that torn uh ACL against the football team. Well, he what, then he threw, the football team. He threw what Jonathan Allen or maybe Matt Ioannidis just right into him. Right, um, that's how bad he got beat. He had to use their momentum against him and not in a productive way of just slap. Like on a bull rush, as a technique, you can yeah. slap their hand down and they're out on their toes and they'll fall over. But he kind of just said, "All right, you're gonna run by me. You're gonna blow me back. Well, I'm just gonna step aside and throw you back. How about that?" I'm just gonna step aside. Uh, and throw it's you. not a technique move. That was a oh, sh- I'm beat. Um, I'm beat yeah, pretty um, pretty bad. Taylor Morton, so, by no means, is the guy you want to have a right tackle. But at least you have a guy like Iggy Aquanu um, on the blind side of Baker Mayfield and whatever quarterback they end yeah. up rolling out come week eleven. Because uh, let's be honest, they're probably going to change it once or twice, <laughs> just because that's what they did last year. Um, but I, I, as you said, he's going to be a better run blocker than he is pass blocker, and I think he was in college. Although he was a really, really good pass blocker in college, and that that mm-hmm. pass blocking is just going to come on as the year progresses. And and I think he can be a really, really solid pass blocker, at least in year two and three, if not come week like fourteen uh, through seventeen. Yeah. Uh, Brady Christensen, who we were kind of high on going into last year's draft, he's a fine guard. The only problem is he gave up 25 pressures, which on top of your head, you're like, oh, that's not that bad. But he played 10 games. And just for reference, Taylor Morton played 17 games, and he only gave up 27 pressures. So uh, hopefully that you can really work on that. But I do think this is going to be a way better run-blocking group 
then it's going to be a pass blocking group. Um, Austin Corbett kind of coming from that Shanahan scheme. Now they're going to be running some elements of that, I believe, but um, they're not going to be running that. But Austin Corbett coming from the Rams, uh, Iggy being a, a better run blocker than he is a pass protector. And um, yeah, man. So let's move on to so the overall again. The offense is going to rank 28th in the entire NFL. Um, so again, a lot, a lot of that, in our opinion, is just the coaching. I think everything, I think, let's just talk about the, the offensive strengths and weaknesses here. Upside of quarterback is a big strength. You have a higher floor and a higher ceiling with Baker Mayfield as your quarterback. You have some really dynamic weapons with um, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. I guess you could throw in Robbie Anderson. So you do have some dynamic playmakers. You have a solid group of tackles. I think this might be the best tackle group we've seen the Panthers have in a long time in terms of their starters yeah. uh, with Iggy and with uh, Taylor Moore. Probably, what was it, 2015 was their 15 in one year with yeah. Cam winning MVP, right? Yeah. Probably since that it's, season, it, if I had to That's guess. how long it's been. Um, some major health questions, though, specifically around Christian McCaffrey and some of the players on the offensive line, which leads to the offensive line woes. And then terrible offensive coaching for the fourth time, if you or maybe even more now. The Panthers would be higher ranked if their coaching was not from Ben freaking McAdoo. Uh, anything else you want to add on about this offense, Warner? Um, no, nah, man, I just – DJ Moore's got to stay healthy, uh, which he has been able to do since I think that ACL injury back in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris McCaffrey, if those two guys stay healthy, it's going to make life a lot easier for Baker Mayfield and Ben McAdoo, uh, which is basically to thrive. That's, that's what's going to have to happen for, for the Panthers. Um, and I don't want to sound down on them. Um, but it's just, they're missing like parts of, of an offense, which is a good quarterback and a good play caller because those two positions can overcome a poor offensive line or a poor running game, or poor receiving room, um, you know, and, and and right now the Panthers look like they have a good receiving room, a good rushing game, and, and a serviceable offensive line um, that, you know, a good coordinator could overcome, but they don't have that good coordinator, and they definitely don't have that good quarterback who can make reads under pressure and uh, adjust, to, adjust to what lineman gives up on what play. Who's the most average play caller in the NFL? Zach Taylor? Most average play caller. What a question. Who's the most average play caller in the NFL? Um, Zach Taylor, probably. Cliff Kingsbury is um, a probably decent one. Uh, I, I, you know, I guess I got to be a lot higher on him now that they had to put that four hours of film study call <laughs> Uh, that's just embarrassing. Maybe it wasn't Cliff's Sorry. fault. Maybe it was Kyler's fault. But um, right, yeah, maybe I guess, I don't know, maybe Kyler just gets too cocky when they start nine and zero, and then they start losing games because he's playing Xbox or whatever, playing baseball instead of watching film. Okay, um, no, I, I I highly doubt he was. He was probably he's probably more of a Madden guy. I mean, honestly, that's right? Baker. Baker's, Baker's the uh, Baker's the Oklahoma quarterback who likes playing Xbox before games and throwing four picks to Green Bay the next week. But um, yeah, no, it, I, would, I would say probably one of those two guys. Okay, so like Zach Taylor is the coordinator here. That might be a bad example. Cliff Kingsbury's the cor- the coordinator here. 
I think we feel a little bit better about this offense. And you're you hate Cliff Kingsbury. I think I, I think the same could go with Zach Taylor. If Zach Taylor were the coordinator here, we'd feel a lot better, except for you, because you can't stand Zach Taylor. You think he's terrible. But um yeah, suffice suffice to say that Ben McAdoo is really holding this offense back and is gonna continue to hold this offense back. Um but the defense, I think, is where you can really be positive about the uh, Carolina Panthers. Phil Snow is going to be calling plays for this team. He's going to rank 21st, run a, a 3-3 hybrid. I think they're def- you're definitely going to see a lot of um, 4-3 as well uh, and nickel uh, and that 3-3-5. But, but a 4-3 when they go to base um, with Derek Brown and Matt Ioannidis in the middle. I really like that duo of, of uh, D-tackles. Um, overall, they're going to grade out 20th. Um, but I think you know could could be higher as we uh, take a look at their pass rush. I mean Brian Burns, if he plays up to how Twitter talks about him, that's automatically going to boost him up. Um, quick note though, because I feel like we're going to catch flag for this. Brian Burns only had 51 pressures and had one game of six pressures, one game of five pressures, and the rest were fours and threes. And that's not what you want from a number one top ten edge rusher that a lot of people and Madden developers are putting him as. Um, Derek Brown had just 23 pressures last season. Yitor Grossmatos had only 12, and Matt Ioannidis had only 34 pressures. Uh, Ioannidis and Grossmatos were in limited snap counts, but by no means is this going to be a boom pass rush and going to be a strength for this team, although it could end up booming and becoming a strength for this, for this team just because of the talent potential that they have out of those four guys. Yeah, and I do think Mananitis will help with this team. And I think uh, Yatura Grossmatos could take another step next season. Um, but I, I think with Brian Burns, like Warner said, could be one of the more overrated guys. He just doesn't get enough pressures for me to be one of those high-end top five or so pass rushers in the entire NFL, which a lot of people on Twitter and apparently Madden, I guess, believes is the case. I think he's a good pass rusher. He's not good enough, I believe, to be put in that upper stratosphere of guys. And I, But I do think he's good enough to help out this pass rush room. Him, Derek Brown, who I think is going to have a, a, a step-up year and play well. Obviously, he was a part of that infamous draft class where Matt Rule drafted literally every single defensive player he could find uh, at Target, that's who we drafted in that draft class in 2020. So, excuse me, 2021, I believe. Um, so I, I do like this edge rush group, this pass rush group, excuse me. Um, Marquise Haynes is fine as well. Bravion Rory, I think it's a good depth piece as well. But I, I think if these guys have to start to pan out, I think Derek Brown has to have a breakout year. Yutori Grossmatos has to have, keep improving. Or Brian Burns could just turn into a legit number one pass rusher because if neither of those things happen, I think if, if these players are just the same without any uh, positive growth and improvement, I think you're looking at an average pass rush room, which is where they rank. They rank 20th, but again, you have to look more at the overall grade they got, which is a 7 on a ten, scale out of 10. They got a 7, which is average. Um, so th- that's what I feel about this pass rush room here. Got some potential, but it everything shakes. It, it stands where it is right now. You look at it, and one of the more average pass rush rooms in the NFL. Let's look at- All right, let's move on to this run defense group here that is going to rank out 22nd in the NFL. But again, 
looking at the actual grade, it gets a 7 out of 10, which is average. Um, Warner, what's your thoughts on this run defense group here? You have Shaq Thompson, who's a good football player. Derek Brown should really help with the running game as well. But what, what's your thoughts on this run defense group here? Yeah, I, I like uh, Derek Brown and Gross Matos as uh, run defenders. Brian Burns is going to get blown off the ball multiple times this year. Um, that's just kind of the player he I is. I swear, Warner hates Brian Burns. He's just vastly overrated, and I can't stand it. That I like people say I'm a Dak hater too, and I don't hate Dak Prescott. I, I think he's a good no, quarterback. Dak's, Dak's, he ain't no 89 yeah, overall. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he's not the sixth best quarterback in football. Yeah. Like Madden is um, on all the heroin but, and crack. And moderating shapes so many people's opinions on so many different players. Um, Which is unfortunate. I do, I do like want to the, add this. Though, really, go, go ahead. ahead. No, it's just going to add in. I do really, really like their – if you look at their secondary, their entire secondary can really, really defend the run really, really well. You're looking at a guy like a J.C. Horn. You're looking at uh, – not J.C. Well, yes, yeah, J.C. Horn. Jeremy Chin, Xavier Woods can really help out. The only guy you look at their secondary that you're like, oh man, he cannot stop the run at all. CJ Henderson, I uh, can't really shed blocks well enough. But even you have guys like Keith Taylor, Rashawn Melvin, who's really good stopping the run. Um, Shaq Thompson's going to help out a lot. Derek Brown, we, this is really his specialty, stopping the run, and he's starting to develop a little bit more of the pass rush traits that we just talked about. But um, 20 seconds, not bad. Um, but yeah, Brian Burns is not gonna be able to shed any blocks. Border just hates Brian Burns. I swear I don't. I swear to you, I don't. But I, I also like their uh, the linebacker trio. Uh, you throw Kamal Martin in there as well. Um, I, I like I like the run run defense trio. Um, you probably only gonna see two of those guys at a time. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. Shaq Thompson's a dog. Damian Williams or Wilson, sorry. Um, is is a solid defender against the run, uh, a good number two linebacker, and then whether it's Kamal Martin, whether it's Corey Lindleton, maybe even Brandon Smith gets in there. But um, that third guy is going to be the weak spot when it comes to defending the run in the linebacker room. But I think that's that's okay when you've got safeties like Jeremy Chin, Xavier Woods, who can come in from up top and and um, clean up anything, any wreckage. But again, it's going to center on it's going to center on that defensive line. And, uh, and and especially Derek Brown, Matt Ioannidis, Yitor Gross Matos, if those guys can keep defense or offensive linemen from climbing up to that second level, they're going to be a successful group against the run. Let's move on to secondary room here that we might be a little bit higher on, but, man, this is a really, really good secondary room here, in our opinion, one of the more underrated ones in the NFL, along with teams like the Falcons. So you look at the NFC South, one thing I think they all have in common is they all have really good secondaries. You look at this team, you look at the, the Falcons, who we've recently talked about, the Saints, who we're going to get to uh, in a while, I guess, maybe a spoiler, and the Buccaneers, obviously. But Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn, who I guess I was a little bit lower on coming out, um, he was still second in we our quarter, quarterback think, we rankings. We just didn't think he was the should have been the number one corner selected. We just didn't um, think he was the number one corner selected. But, Not even saying know, we were a little lower on six two, him. Six three, over physical, pounds, big physical corner who really, who really, really played well before he yeah, got injured. Unfortunately, got I think against the Texans, but he had played really, really well in in the snaps he did get. C.J. Henderson, what they had to trade to get C.J. Henderson, what I thought was a steal, really adding into your secondary depth there, uh, who was the first-round pick and selected in the top 10, I believe. I mean, uh, Keith Taylor. C.J. Henderson and A.J. Terrell were the guys. 
in that draft class coming out guys yep. that you wanted to be that you wanted to pick yep and then you have keith taylor rashawn melvin as your cornerback depth as well kalam barnes you just drafted so i think the set in terms of your corners i think you're set there even though you did lose to gilmore and aj bouillet who we did talk about losing but i think you look at how young your secondary room is right now and how much potential for growth you have from this group not saying you, you hit top 10 this year, but man, Jeremy Chen keeps playing really well. Dante, Dante like, stays Stephon a rock. A good player, but he's, I mean, when you have these three guys, yeah, he might be the best player out of the, out of the secondary they have right now. For now. But yeah, for now. And, and, and two, if not three of these guys can usurp Stefan Gilmore and his, in his skill level. In the, um, in, in this season. JC Horn. Yeah, J- yeah, J.C. Horn this season could realistically surpass. I think Stephon I think Gilmore. Dante Jackson could too, um, and and maybe even C.J. Henderson. Let's not forget he was what the thirteenth overall pick two years ago. I thought it was early, earlier. So my bad there, but yeah, I, I think there's a and we haven't even talked about the safety room. You go, you go get uh, Xavier Woods in free agency. Jeremy Chan, who had a great rookie season, didn't have as great of a year last year, but he still had a still a All really right, really good overall. safety. Yeah, I thought it was nine. Um, yeah. But and Jason Horn was what eight by the Panthers? That's crazy. Eight by the Panthers. Overall so, overall. yeah, and then your your safety. De- I will give this team credit. They have some nice depth in the secondary as well. Justin Burris is not a bad addition as well. Um, so I really do like the secondary room. And I was gonna say was is it might not be this year, but by next season, this is a top ten secondary room in the entire NFL. That would not yes, surprise me. At- I don't know when. Uh, Dante Jackson's Dante. contract expires, but um, they can keep it they together can, for sure. If they can keep it together, this could very easily be a top 10 secondary room in the entire NFL. Just And I think they do have some solid defensive coaching, but let's take a look at your defensive strengths he, and weaknesses. Dante Jackson uh, is signed through 2024. Oh, so yeah, yeah, like next season, they could very easily have one of the best secondaries in football, but let's take a look at your strengths and weaknesses. Solid run defense group. You could probably say the same thing about the pass rush room as well. It's just average, solid pass rush room, a little bit more. Potential for uh, good pos- growth, though, I would say. Like, yes. Really good um, potential. And they, to, to Matt Rule's credit, not drafting offensive players in the first two days of the draft has really set up their defense for very, very good success for years to come based on how young and just athletic of players they are. Yeah, and then, you know, whoever takes over from Matt Rule when he inevitably gets fired after this season, uh, they will be in great shape. Hey, They'll be in tremendous just, shape. They just hire a really good offensive schema. Just hire a really good offense. Like, <laughs> focus your free agency on offense and, like, keep the draft about even, and oh, you might make the playoffs. Might <laughs> make, well, Brady literally. Retired, right? Isn't this All right, who's somebody? This is Brady's last year before he gets – before that Amazon contract kicks in, right? Uh, it's Fox. Fox, my bad. Yeah, but still, isn't isn't this right, like little, guaranteed his last year playing? Unless he's gonna do a Draymond Green thing where he splits, which I guess just, if anyone was that, gonna that's do that, way harder to do. That's just it's way harder to do in football than basketball. For sure, yeah, for sure, for sure. Also, you so like, all right, let's see. In basketball and football, you only get seventeen of them. Yeah, hold on, really, really. Uh, it's like Pete Carmichael. Kellen Moore, they become on the market next year. Like if the Panthers job is open, Panthers just hire hire freaking uh, Kellen Moore to be your to be your head coach. Go rebuild that offense. Your defense is set basically for your future. 
Um, maybe go get another edge rusher in the draft, wherever you're set. <laughs> Just focus on the offense. Go get offense and mind head coach. Um, uh, in the past, was potentially already touched on weaknesses, lack of a true impact star. I feel and that's something that's really in common with the these bottom five or so teams. Now, again, granted, the Panthers they do have a star, I guess, in Brian Burns. Impact star, yeah, but like but, an impact but star, he's not an like impact. Ramsey as a corner, Derwin James as a safety, or you know anybody from Aaron Donald to even. Um, to the lowest of keys, Rashawn Gary um, being, you know, a guy who's going to get you 80 plus pressures and 12 plus sacks a year and, and add in a few forced fumbles uh, along with that. And Brian Burns just isn't that guy. You can look at the numbers, you can look at the film, you can look at his uh, athletic profile. He's just not that guy yet. Um, now he can absolutely develop into that guy, but as of now, he is not that impact star that, um, kind of is making that pass rush so inconsistent. I can read off the numbers again. Brian Burns, 51 pressures. Matt Ioannidis, 34. Uh, Derek Brown, 23. And, and your Etor Gross, Gross Matos, 12. If they have identical seasons, they're getting just over 100 pressures uh, a season on a quarterback. Yeah, and again, that leads that lends into the inconsistent pass rush that Warner was kind of just talking about there. But let's wrap things up with the final I mean, grades I and think that'd be 120, by the way, if my 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 head math is good. I think that's 120 pressures um from a pass rush group, and that's just not acceptable. Yeah, but they rank 28th offensively. Again, that's large in part to the fact that we have no faith in their coordinators or any of the stuff they're going to do offensively. They do rank 20th defensively, though, with some real chance to grow. I think, again, as much as we've crapped on Matt Rule, give them credit for how they've drafted this defense recently. J.C. Horn going to get another freak athlete at corner and C.J. Henderson. Jeremy Chen finding him was just, was just a steal. Um, Derek Brown has turned into a, a nice player for him as well. Kind of was a reach still at the time. I still think that's probably fair to say. He just hasn't but, as a pass rusher for him, really. I mean, he's he's real good against the run, but uh, you don't draft a nose tackle with the oh crap. What was he a sixth overall eighth pick? pick? Something like that. Maybe Something like six. that. Um, Something like that. But um, you don't draft so, a nose tackle with a top ten pick. You draft that guy to both be great against the run and also be a really good pass rusher. And he just hasn't been that pass rusher yet. So they're going to grade out 67.48 below average, but I think there is some room for growth. Let's look at this Vegas over-under in schedule prediction. So the Vegas over-under is 5.5. This is another one where we're going to go no bets here. They start up against the Browns week one. Baker may feel better go for like 400 yards that week, I swear. Um, we're going to beat the Browns, lose at the Giants, uh, beat the Saints at home. I think they're, they're going to get the Saints one of these weeks. It might be at Carolina, similar to last year. Then they're going on a losing spree, losing to the Cardinals, Niners, and Rams. This schedule just turns tough out of nowhere. Um, like th- those first three games are kind of tough, but it just turns to unbearably tough. Week four to like week thirteen, where their bye week is: Cardinals, Niners, Rams, Bucks, Falcons, Bengals, Falcons, Rams, Broncos. We only have them winning one of those games, and that's the Falcons in week ten at home. Um, then they come off the bye, go to Seattle, they'll get the win there. They'll lose to Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, beat the Lions at home, and they end the season against Tampa and the Saints, both on the road to finish up with a 5-12 and record, hopefully for Panthers fans, seeing Matt Rule out the door. 
um, along with Ben McAdoo. We're going to go no bet, though, because I, th- I still think there's some winnable games on this schedule that we have them losing. They could very easily sweep the Falcons in our, in my opinion. I don't know how Warner feels. Um, honestly, week 18, if the Saints are either fully out of playoff contention, which we don't expect, or they are like locked into a playoff spot and nothing really changes, who knows what that game looks like. Um, I'd add in, I'd add in giants and the Cardinals as well. Um, I think they could also, they could also beat the Steelers in week 15. If everything goes right, uh, depending on the level of play that Kenny Pickett give you. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go no bet here. I think Baker Mayfield's good enough that one of these games that are marking as a loss, they'll probably win because I do think Baker's good enough and he'll, you'll have a game from Baker, where he looks like a, that top 10 quarterback and can pull off one of these wins, whether it's against the Bengals, for example. He he torches the Bengals, I will say that. So maybe maybe it's the Bengals in week nine, much to Warren's demise. Um, not Warner, Warren. Um, good friend of the show. But um, five and 12 here, no bet. I, I'm very weirded out by this Carolina Panthers team, and that is the best way we can word this, is very weirded out. Warner, any thoughts on the schedule that I didn't touch on already? You know, I think there's definitely a lot of games that um, are winnable for them. It's just a question of will they be able to convert? Will uh, Christian McCaffrey stay healthy? And what Baker Mayfield do we get on a week-to-week basis? Is he going to be consistent every week? Is he going to be just bad every week? Is he going to be sometimes good, sometimes bad? Is is he going to be a top-10 quarterback? Well, I would say probably no on the top-10 quarterback every week consistently. Um, I think it's much more likely he goes boom or bust every week. And, and again, like you said, they hang in with a game or they, they win a game that they shouldn't against the top, you know, five playoff team in, in each conference. Um, but overall, I, I definitely – I wouldn't put any money on this one. And I think I think five wins is about where the land at. All right. Thank you all so, so much for tuning into this episode of the Sports Headlines Podcast. This is our fifth edition of our in-depth preseason power rankings. These are a bunch of fun and also a bunch of work we have to put in to get these done for you guys. So if you guys don't mind, please do hit that like button and subscribe over our YouTube. Follow our Twitter page at Sports Headline 8. And the easiest way, you can listen to this on all podcasting platforms. Please do make sure to leave a five-star rating and review. It's the very easiest way to help out the show. You guys can also follow me on Twitter at Sean D-A-V-I, and Warner, wherever he is on the Twitter stratosphere. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Sean Davis here. See you guys next time. Peace out.